to another episode of Black Men Don't Do Therapy. What's happening? What's yes. going on? What's going on? I'm your host, uh, Justin Tucker, the one and only, the great, the awesome, the magnificent, all oh, so, that good stuff. So, so you took all my titles, because those are definitely my titles. They were your titles, you're right. I, I had to, man. I had to. Man, big, well, you know, it's your titles. brother from another mother, Nigel, and I want to introduce today's guest. Uh, he is a mental health advocate. He is an entrepreneur. He's a therapist. He's an all-around good black man. I want to introduce, introduce y'all to Cleveland Robinson. All right. Good to see y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man. So, Cleve, um, I know you've probably listened to another one of our episodes, but what we do on this show is we just go over the things that we probably should be talking to a therapist about. You know, sure. <laughs> because us yeah. as black men, Probably we don't go to therapy. A lot of us don't go, and we really need to go. Like, we got a mm. lot of stuff going on, right? A whole lot of stuff going on. So the topic I want to get into for today's episode is heartbreak and how we do or don't handle it. Okay. Uh, Justin. What's going on, sir? How many times have you been heartbroken? Ooh, boy, what's today? Um, (laughs) man now considered heartbroken probably i'd say 10 but real 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 legit heartbroken like no coming back so it feels like Mm -hmm. i'd say probably a good two times Mm, me never happened never been heartbroken not once i'm a thug i ain't never been heartbroken ever (laughs) ever Real thugs don't have heartbreak, they break hearts. Right? I don't have feelings. I don't have feelings. So, Cleveland, what about you, man? You been heartbroken before? I'll give it two strong times. The yeah. other times I had some real hard disappointments. Mm-hmm. But uh, those two. The way to put it. Yeah, I got two that really sting. <laughs> and they probably going to sting until I leave this earth. So I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and that's what that's what I, I want to talk about, man. Like, so to be honest, I probably had maybe one good heartbreak. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I've ever gotten over it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, how do I effectively move forward in other relationships if I haven't dealt with heartbreak? And I don't, I don't know if a lot of black men deal with heartbreak like that because you know we're supposed to be tough, man. Like we, you know, I. I don't worry about her. We supposed to be tough and we move on, right? So how is it that is, how is it that uh, we are supposed to move forward positively and and healthily, healthily? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got you. (laughs) (laughs) With health in a new new relationship if we never truly get over our first heartbreak. You know, um, when people come to my office, you know, um, for therapy, you know, whether it be black man, you know, or a woman, the script is kind of similar. However, with black men, um, and men in general, we socialize to not feel <clears throat> as much. And so we, I don't want to call it resilient because resilience means you recover quickly, but I think we do more suppression. And so yeah. that's a little bit different. Um, and so, I think number one, no, we don't deal with the feelings of emotions. And I'm thinking about myself, how it's caused me issues in my relationships Mm -hmm. over my life. Um, I would bounce back as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. from the heart, 
the small heart breaks. When the big heart breaks, I will really work hard to bounce back. And what I noticed when I look back in hindsight is all I was doing was just suppression, suppressing a whole bunch of emotions on top of each other and just kind of putting them in my back pocket. Right. I never dealt with them. Most people right. don't. Exactly. And primarily because they don't know how to. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I know how to at all, you know? And I think one of the worst things is that our, our culture has taught us, especially as men is like, uh, best way to get over old pussy is what? New pussy. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You sure. know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I think that's just detrimental to not only our feeling, but in also to the women or the next woman and the one that we just left, um, detriment to them as well. Right. Right. Especially with social media now. She's going to see me on, you know what I mean, out on a date. I got my live up, so she see I'm with a baddie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every so, time. every Like, you got to show her off if, if you just getting over something. And you know what they say, hurt people hurt people. Into that. Absolutely. Hurt people do hurt people. Mm-hmm. But the issue you run into, or the issue I've run into, I know, is because I've not dealt with the heartbreak or dealt with the disappointment or whatever you want to label it as, I subconsciously carry that over into the next relationship. Mm. And so mm. therefore, the smallest thing, e- even with my wife, when we first started dating, there were small things that she would do that would remind me of someone else. And I'm inadvertent. I would have to check myself because I'm unintentionally about to react to her as if she's doing this to hurt my feelings or if she's doing this like she was the last one of the last mm. two. You know what I mean? I can and, relate to that. Yeah. yeah. So I had to deal with that. So that I couldn't bring that baggage. I mean, I already so, had enough. So how did, how did you deal with that? I stopped to check myself. I I, I found it very necessary and poignant to do self check. Like if I'm going to react, if I know that my first reaction is to, you know, just go off or to to react in a negative light, even if that's not our relationship style, I have to stop and check myself. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, wait a minute. Was that her intention? I know that, you know, so-and-so, that was their intention and that's what they did and they wanted to get a rise out of me. But is that her intention? No, nah, it's not. All right, bro, you're tripping. Calm down. Yeah, man, that's that's real having to to check yourself. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily knew or recognized the distinction between the old feelings that I suppressed and the new things that are arising in my new relationship, you know? So, Cleaver, if I was on your couch or in your office <laughs> and, I was, and I was bringing up like all of these reasons why I don't trust ladies anymore or, or why um, I can't trust now B word, you know, um, or even that it didn't bother me. You know what I mean? And I, I, don't, I don't care, but it's just another, it's just how females act. You know what I mean? I, I find yeah. all these things. What would you tell me so that I could really take a step back and look at that? Well, let's give it some context real quick. And I'm, everything you just mentioned is the, all the scenarios I was thinking. <laughs> those mm-hmm. scenarios that come to me. Yeah. And um, the context of it, man, is like this. Just think about it. Average guy, you know, doesn't sit around and be like, hmm, 
how am I going to improve myself today? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, the, uh, we, ain't, we're not, we just are not, emotional intelligence just is not innate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super vital, though, for Black men to be encouraged mm-hmm. by Black men like us to uh, begin to grow their emotional intelligence. A lot of reasons that, that uh, white guys and other people seem to be seen to be a little more in tune or a little, and they are culture a little more open to it mm-hmm. is because um, whether the outside wants to believe it or not, they are not hindered by any type of psychic op- oppression. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no it oppression. All back to slavery, man. <laughs> <laughs> they have a freedom. They have yeah. a kind of freedom. Big facts. They just kind of float wherever they want to go. Yeah, right. Whereas us, we are socialized so different. So we don't have that tool for that emotional intelligence. So when somebody's in my office, and I'm thinking about several situations where brothers have been in my office talking about their baby mamas mm-hmm. or their girlfriends, mm-hmm. literally, I, I 100% only focus on them. I don't focus on, I don't care how bad she is or the terrible things she's done. That has nothing to do with you, technically. It's all about you gaining your emotional intelligence and knowing how to react to these situations. Because you make the difference. Because you can't control them. So that's why I never focus on them. And so encouraging emotional intelligence is the first thing I do to brothers. I um, give them skills and encourage them to begin to actually do self-check-ins. Because you have to grow in order to understand how to actually um, identify what's wrong with you. Why brothers don't even think nothing wrong with them? Right. So you, they, can't, they can't be asked to be accountable for their emotions if they don't think anything is wrong with them and they don't understand the importance of feeling their emotions. Yeah. And so literally, for most brothers, we are having to kind of start from the ground up, which is why, like, this whole Black mental health movement is so important. I'm calling it a movement because we are talking about it more across the board. Have to. Yeah, absolutely. And um, But they got to hear more men talk about it. It's been a couple of celebrities and a couple of people talk about it. But sisters, they read on this mental health kick. Like, they got they, it. It's, oh, yeah, it's got the it. thing been now. We playing, we playing catch up, for right. sure. Short of catch up. Big time. They having healing conferences. <laughs> oh, yeah. They doing that. Like, they're doing their thing. Yeah. Um, they're making coming. it it's a regular. <laughs> we got to. Yeah, it's coming. And the only way to do it, bro, is if we we cohesively, those of us who know better, really begin to be squeaky wheels. Like, bro, you got to go talk to somebody. Yeah. Right. Bro, no, nah, bro. You got to go talk to somebody. Man, <laughs> you know, that's, that's honestly one of the reasons why this podcast was started was because I went through emotional trauma and didn't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Let it fester. You know what I mean? Uh, took my crown Royal medicine to like <laughs> help put it down. And, um, and it's, it's come back up repeatedly. Yeah. And now that it's time to deal with it, 
Uh, no, I'm all right. I don't really do anymore because I've just suppressed it for so long. So, and my heartbreak wasn't over female. It was over like situations, a situation. And I felt like I I lost a child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how, how do we best deal with heartbreak as men when it's not a woman? You know what I mean? Because let me go back. Go ahead, bro. Go on back. Yeah, because when when we grieve over partners that we lost or if we grieve over, uh, you know what I mean, family, family members that we lost, lost, that heartbreak isn't the same. You know what I mean? We don't have the same coping mechanisms of uh, I'm going to go holler at somebody new now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think those are able, those actually stick with us even longer than breaking up with a female or losing that love of your life. I feel like those type of losses and heartbreaks aren't as easy to recover from and the process I have you bring this up longer I have you bring this up so I'm going to tell you something that's happened to me in real time mm-hmm. um my frat brother died in 2010 mm. hey I taught him every single day he was kind of like an uncle to me and um you know during that time you know I was all across the country and my little, I had a little silver card in and intrepid. I was everywhere. If there was an event, I was there. I don't mm-hmm. care if it was in Houston. I don't care if it was in New York. I don't, like I was everywhere. And so, you know, we talked every single day um, from the time I was 19 until 27. And so out of the blue, he died. Mm. Okay, 42, 43 at the time. And it affected me so much because he had become an integral part of my development as a a man. I felt he was family. Mm -hmm. And so from 2010 out of 2020, a decade later, I can honestly admit I'm not over it. And how it manifested is... um, I have, um, I don't have the same relationships I used to have. Mm -hmm. Him dying took, for the past 10 years, all of my interest away in hanging out. Mm -hmm. And so it's a struggle for me, like, to hang out, um, even when it's with the bros or anybody else, it's like, it takes effort. It's almost like it uh, punched me in my stomach, and I was like, I ain't interested no more. And so I want, I want to be very transparent about that so that brothers who are listening will understand, even if you're working on it, it might, not, it, it might be like a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. So 10 years later, I don't kick it no more. Every blue moon, it, it, it was directly related to him dying. It affected me that much. That's real. That's, that's real. Yeah, I, yeah, I I went through something similar. Um, mm-hmm. Both Nigel and I are are Masons, and mm-hmm. um, during <laughs> during my tenure, telling all you, my secrets, <laughs> I didn't tell no secrets, bro. <laughs> 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 um, during my time uh, as head of my lodge, we lost eight brothers under my administration. One of whom, oh my gosh, I was right. Hence, why I only did one year. I was like, we're done. But. Uh, <laughs> But one of them I was very close with. So I, I understand that it's almost like not necessarily that your your reason is gone, but that was hard for me to come back to because it was like halfway through my administration. 
So I still had to come back. So get I, I, so I, I get what you're saying that that it it puts a different taste in your mouth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where you're having to come back to the same thing and do some of the the repetitive stuff that you did, and that person's not there. So I'm right there with you. I yeah, understand man. it. I so my my loss wasn't exactly someone died, bro. Like uh, last year, last year beginning of 2019, I believes that I was about to be a father. Like I was out here doing my military thing in Texas, flew back home to Georgia. I'm there for the baby's birth. You know what I mean? I remember I had this feeling after the baby was born, I walked outside and like the whole world just seemed brighter. You feel what I'm saying? The grass was greener, the sky was bluer. The people cursing each other, they just seemed like they're happily cursing. Like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, everything just seemed better, bro. Like, I felt like I had my purpose. I'm now a father. And then, like, three days later, I find out this baby is not mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's hurtful. But hurtful ain't the worst. That's hurtful. So, like, I didn't even find out the baby wasn't mine three days later. I found out that it was potentially not mine. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is why, like, when people say, "Oh, you shouldn't read nobody else's phone," uh, I'm kind of on the fence about that because I had it in their phone, <laughs> I would have never known. You know what I mean? I could thank be, God for a dead battery, right? You know what I mean? 18, 18 years down the road, and then I find out the kid's not mine. You know what I mean? But yeah, if I hadn't looked at the phone, I would have never known that. And so, the next day we'll get the paternity test, and about three weeks later, when I'm back here at work faking the funk. Everybody's congratulating me on a baby. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if this baby's mine or not. You know what I mean? And then I get the official that is not. But, and I can literally say I have never had my soul crushed like that before. Like, yeah. female, yeah. no, you know what I mean? Not even my mom being disappointed. Nothing ever, not even the loss of like my friends getting killed. Like nothing ever crushed my soul like that did. And with you saying 10 years later, you're still getting over it. Um, I had to be at work the next day after finding that out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once my boss saw me, I was able to take one mental health day, but I had to be at work again the next day. That's not enough time to heal. It's not. <laughs> it's not. So because it is always a man's duty to provide and perform and especially as black men we know we have to perform at a higher rate than anybody else just to be accepted when we have to perform like that how could we or should we deal with the emotional things that we're dealing with and still have to show up to our jobs or show up to our business or show up period for our kids and family every day because I tell you what, man, I faked the funk for so long and it was not healthy. You know what I mean? So how how are we supposed to operate through our everyday life? Because like me and just said before, adulting is hard. It is hard as hell. So <laughs> adulting and still <clears throat> dealing with that heartbreak or manipulation or loss, the emotional conflict all at the same time. Let me, um, I'm going to go back to something that you said earlier. Um... It's negative ways to deal with it. We want to talk about that too, and positive ways. Mm-hmm. And so, when we are hurt on that level, um, you mentioned it earlier that a lot of times we will find negative things to do to just kind of keep on pushing through it. Right. So either it's picking up that liquor, um, smoking it away. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do it? 
Um, most men, if they're not, if if liquor or smoking ain't their vice, um, we definitely try to sex it away. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. meaningly sex it away with no meaning. Um, that's usually men's vices. You know, mm-hmm. women kind of get into shopping and eating and mm-hmm. all this, but men the ice cream, drink no. it, smoke <laughs> it, or sex it away as much as possible. Of course, we know that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or gamble. That's another, some men have that kind of, or they go into gambling. Now, instead of that, especially when, when you look in the real life situation where your soul's been crushed like that, you had to wake up the next, next day to go to work. Okay. So if a person's in that situation, they got to do a few things mandatory to work through it. Um, one, if you're not willing to talk about it yet, at least get an accountability partner or something to just be present with you or someone that you can talk through it with. I think it's really important. Men are communal beings and we really do better around other men. Um, One of my close homeboys, when I've talked to him about certain issues, even if he can't relate, one thing that's good about him is he's the best listener. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to talk. Number one, There, there, there is no shortcut. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk it out because it's like it's like we're like a bomb, you know, and it's just this pressure. It's like a pressure cooker, mm-hmm. and most of us do go on here to say I'm crushed, but I'm gonna put on my face and I'm gonna go to work tomorrow. Right. Versus saying I'm crushed, but on my lunch break or when I get off, man, let me call my homeboy, or let me call you know my homegirl, or let me call my mom real quick because all of that lets off a little steam at a time. It's like. Okay, now I can keep on functioning. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be healed overnight. But what you can do is consistently get some releases that are going to be positive. So accountability, get an accountability partner to talk about it. Um, finding somebody professional um, to talk about it as well. Um, those three things will begin the healing process. Of course, the first real one is make it up in your mind that when you get ready, you're going to deal with the issue head on. The worst thing to do when we get in our situation, we feel crushed, whether it's death, whether it's deception, is suppressing that and moving on. In, in your case, in, in brothers who have gone through that situation of deception, most of them just kind of push on forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem with that is that type of deception is such a deep root that you're going to look at a lot of women who come after her super sideways and unhealthy if you don't right. deal. But it, did I pay for this therapy session? Because you're talking to me. <laughs> you're talking to me, man. Look, that, hey, and that is hard. That is hard, especially when, especially when you meet someone that could be good for you. You that's know right. what I mean? And then that, that leads right back to bringing the, the baggage back in, the stuff, the exactly. unintentional, unintentionally blaming her for what somebody else did. Exactly. And, and, then, and the funny thing is, so, you know, not to, cause this isn't really bearing off, but uh, years ago, I don't know if y'all are fans of Music Soul Job, but he had a song no um, that, that no said, uh, dang, I can't remember it, but basically he was saying, I'm not to blame for anybody else's thing. Like my previous cast, previous cast, that was it. That's my song. And he was like, you know, don't confuse me with this. My name ain't this, that, or the third. And that's what we unintentionally do. Yeah, but I don't, right. I don't even think it's unintentionally like our subconscious. I, I know for a fact I will not trust anyone the same because of that, mm. especially because 
I gave her the opportunity to tell me the truth. And right. she looked in my face and lied to me. You know what I mean? Her, so, yeah. oh yeah. So, and, and with me holding that lady on such high a pedestal, you know what I mean? And then coming out of that relationship, trying to get into a new one, okay, I can tell that this is a good woman. Now I'm going to hold her up on the high pedestal because I know she wouldn't lie to me like the ex did or like like the one that broke my trust did. I know she wouldn't lie to me like that. And then if she does lie about something, it could be a small lie. It's That's right, right. I mean. It, it could be amplified. That's right. Yeah. Oh no, nah, I got to break up with her. Got to get That's rid right. of her. You know. So this healing process is so hard to get mm-hmm. through. Especially when we as men hold on to ain't nothing wrong with me or I can handle right. this by myself. Right. Now, I think right. it's like exactly like you said, Cleve, it's going to take us it's us advocates and the squeaky wheels, you know what I right. mean, to be able to let other men know that, listen, you're hurt and you it's okay to, to say you hurt. Right. You know That's I mean? it right there. We've been, we, you fought on a scratch and knee. Your dad to tell you, or your mom to say, hey, get up, you're all right. Keep walking mm-hmm. off, you're all right. Right. You know? And so you and, learn how to do that for the rest of your life with everything. Yeah. And or it should, and it should like, not be the same when it comes to Exactly. It exactly. Or, or hard. You need out. to get that thing right. dealt you with. You need to get it checked out. And I mean, and like you said, like you, you find other vices, you do other things. Now, my situation uh, wasn't nearly as extreme as, as Nigel's. Um, but, you know, I was in a long term relationship. We were together for a long time. Everything was rosy. Oh man, everything's great. And then almost out of the blue, she broke up with me. Oh man. I felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath my sure. feet. Sure. And then and then that led to like mutual friends. Like, can I trust y'all? Like, I'm sure she talked to y'all about this stuff. Like what you're real what, paranoid. Right. Like, what did she tell y'all about me? Because I can tell you right now, it's not true. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, I mean, one of my, my biggest questions is how do you, how do you regain your personal power? Mm. And it's kind of a two-part question. How do you regain your personal power? And how do you learn how to forgive that individual? Like, not forgive them for, for them, like, so they could be okay. Because I've been with one like that, too. That's a whole nother story for something when we not recording. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but how do you how do you gain your personal power? How do you get that back? All right. So using your situation, the, the, the reason why we feel as if we have lost our personal power is because we've opened ourselves up to this individual. And, the, and, and, and let's be clear here. The only way to get true love and true intimacy is by being vulnerable. Right. So you get vulnerable, you open yourself up, and this person does something to you, okay? So now you do feel as if you have lost some power because when you become vulnerable, you give up some power. You are powerless in some ways. Truth of the matter is, in real life, you really haven't lost your power. What has happened is you're so hurt that you allowed yourself to open up to someone and they, for lack of better words, duped you, you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. And they are not powerless. And that there was nothing wrong with them opening up themselves because in love, you have to take a chance. So there is no way to get into um, a deeper relationship without being vulnerable. Is that good? Uh-huh. And so 
the thing is, you're not powerless, but your mind is telling you that you're powerless because you opened yourself up to someone mm. and you have given your power away and they have taken it mm-hmm. um, with no regard. Mm-hmm. So what you got to do and what I encourage is reminding yourself that it was okay to take a chance. Your power is still there, and but you do have to learn from the relationship whether it's something good or whether it's something bad and continue literally to heal. Cause the thing about it is it's not an overnight thing. Uh, when you're hurt <laughs> on that level, you got to do a whole bunch of reaffirming. Yeah. Reaffirming. And that's a, you got to reaffirm word. yourself. <laughs> that is the word reaffirm. for the day. Good God. Reaffirm. Reaffirm. Yeah. And when you begin to reaffirm, and I kind of wrote it down right here. When you begin to reaffirm, and remind yourself of who you are. Like, for instance, you gave yourself to this woman. She pulled it away from you. Okay, how am I reaffirming? All right. You still a kind dude. You still loving. You still can hold it down. You still pay the bills. Mm-hmm. You're still the person you were before. Mm-hmm. Once you remind yourself of that on a regular basis and take your time to heal, your mind will say, okay, I'm still powerful. However, in my vulnerable place, when I was in a trusting moment, someone took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You're still the same person, but you got to reaffirm yourself. Now, Man. it's funny you say that because <laughs> I, so I, I kind of did that, but I didn't believe it when I said it. And here, mm-hmm. here's, you know, what happened was, so we, you know, we, we break up about a month and a half later, she wants to meet up and all this other whatnot. And she's, I'm like, all right, cool. We can meet. And so she has the nerve to say, well, you know, I'm sure that one day I'll find someone who has this, who has that, who treats me well. And I said, first of all, let me stop you right there. You're never going to find anyone who treated you the way I did. Mm-hmm. You can find someone with a million dollars. Mic drop. I'm out of here. I was like, you can find someone with a million dollars. He could be eight feet tall, built, whatever. Nah, you ain't going to find another me. No doubt. Hey, so man, sure you know, was. I want to go back to something you said. Um, you said you have to remind yourself that you are still you. And I just want to play devil's advocate. I didn't feel like myself after that. Mm-hmm. After after that heartbreak, I didn't feel like me anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like I lost a little pep in my step. I didn't yeah. feel like I had the same, um, you know what I mean, drive, the same motivation, the same go-getter attitude I had before. I felt like I felt like I had lost my purpose. You know what I mean? Even though it, I had only had it for, you know, a, a, a week or so, like, I felt like I had mm-hmm. lost my purpose. And how do I remind myself I'm the same person if I feel lost inside of myself? I think that's a very big thing that... That's a big one. That's a big question. don't know how to articulate, you know? Um with us having to be so hard and strong all the time when we are, when we are hurt or when we are vulnerable, like you said, it is a unfamiliar place. Yes, it is like walking over into Mexico without your GPS. Like (laughs) where am I, bro? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? I don't understand the language. I don't understand the language Mm -hmm. and I don't know what street this is. And I don't know what you're asking. You know what I mean? So I don't know how to reaffirm that I'm still the same person when I felt so lost. I think we got to remember 
Um, you know, as human beings, we um we want to make sure we get better as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And um sometimes it's okay to not be okay. Like that's a true moniker. Something happened. You're supposed to feel sad. You're supposed to feel lost for a moment. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to feel all these complex emotions because you've never been in this mm-hmm. foreign land before. Mm-hmm. All right. But now we're going to circle back around and the affirmation and the reaffirming and the rebuilding yourself as a man still comes back to what we were talking about before. The accountability, the talking it out, the talking to somebody, connecting with other brothers who've been to where you're at. All those things are the tried and true way, you know, community, or the way we kind of build ourselves back up. And another big one is our faith. Mm-hmm. Now, I know my faith and my belief of God is really the foundation of how I've survived, mm-hmm. for sure. Everything else has kind of been like the reinforcements. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the actual foundation for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay to experience those emotions a little bit. Um, if you want to wander through the through Mexico for a moment, it's okay. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's you your feelings. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Like, no, don't try to get better yet. Mm-hmm. Literally, stay in that feeling. The therapists mm-hmm. tell people like, stay in the feeling for a moment, because it's like we don't we don't want to sit in the feeling too long, because it's making us feel all types of things as men, like vulnerable, sad, right, upset. Angry and we all like this. hearing the words. I don't want to hear it. Please. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to. You got to sit and marinate in it. Yeah. So my encouragement, you know, for brothers listening to the podcast, you know, to us as we're talking to ourselves is, you got to stay in that feeling. Cause one thing you can't do, you can't run for yourself. Mm. Because even if you try to get away from the feeling real fast, it ain't go nowhere. Nope. It's like it's, it's right still there. there. You just suppressed it, and it's a decade later. Nah, you gotta sit in that bad boy. It's just like not trying to pay a bill. You can you can skip paying the bill if you want to. They're gonna add interest to that bad boy. You still have to pay it. You gotta pay it. <laughs> what is this Get on my bill. credit report? Exactly. What is this? Exactly. What is man? That was ten years ago. What in the world? Now let me let me ask you this. So I, I mentioned it earlier about forgiveness because I feel like you did heart, yeah. heart heartbreak and forgiveness kind of go hand in hand. You know, you deal with it. You sit in your feelings. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I use device. You know, when when we broke up, it was like, all right, so I got a couple of options. I don't drink like that. I mean, I could go out here and, you know, have a revolving door on my front door. Yeah. Or I could pick something up. And so I started smoking. Not weed. Let me go ahead and just put that out there now. I, I wish started it had been weed, man. I st- wish it had been weed. <laughs> No, you you had your session, bro. It's my turn. I'm just a 420 <laughs> advocate. I'm sorry, man. I'm just trying to, for the people who are allowed to smoke, I just want to say weed is cool. That's all I want to say. All right. But, legalize but, it. Legalize but, it. That's but, all I'm saying. But think, of, think about this. I'm in the midst of like a devastating experience. Yeah. What was the easiest thing to get access to? Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Every corner store. Yeah. Gas station. Boom. I'm going to go in here and grab a pack real quick. Let me and get your for, show, bro. Let me get your show. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, one of my lodge brothers said, oh, you smoke OPs. And I was like, what's OPs? Other people's cigarettes. I was like, dang, man, for real. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, what I realized is it turned into, it turned from a distraction into a habit, 
into an addiction. So now I'm slowly working that backwards because it's still something that I deal with because I used it initially just as a distraction. Now, had I been able to be more honest with myself at the time, and I'm, this is more of a question, had I been able to been, be more honest with myself at the time um, and set in my feelings for a minute and not like brush myself off and only cry in a, in a dark room when I'm by myself, but actually been honest with everybody about what was going on and what I was feeling, would that have, and of course I can't ask you to look in the past or whatever, but, what you, but, but would that have been an easier way for me to eliminate having that vice? If I yeah, had sure. set, set in that field, okay. Sure, sure, sure it will. But it go, but like, you know, everything goes back to what we talked about in the first part. You know, it's no shame to you, you know, because no shame to Nigel, because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And the majority of brothers just don't know. We actually are taught to kind of push through. Mm-hmm. That is actually supposed to be the healthy coping mechanism. Um, instead of nah sit in that pain for a minute like who wants to do that right it's actually not natural to sit right. in it so you gotta learn it um and that's why the body goes to all those negative things that's why you know um the body goes to an addictive substance like nicotine or something because your brain is saying there of course is science to it your mm. brain is saying i need to feel better now so give me whatever you're gonna give me to release these endorphins and dopamine in my system. So give me that nicotine, uh, give me that, that sex, mm-hmm. give me that that drink to slow me down, those inhibitors, um, mm-hmm. give me that, you know, give me that weed, do whatever mm-hmm. you gotta do, because I need to either numb it or pump these happy chemicals into my system. Right. Now, the thing about it is, once again, real-time example, I think about um when you were talking, I was kind of like, man, did we date the same woman? But, uh, <laughs> I heard uh, a young lady, man, I was dating her, man. I was so, I was crazy by her. and But she had a real selfish streak. And she had hit me one day with yeah, we the, dated uh, the same woman. <laughs> listen, she said to me, she says, you know, you are truly the man that, you are the perfect man to me. You are the perfect man for me that I never could have. And I'm like, what? It, it, yeah, it was it was some BS. And right. I remember calling her and being like, yo, we ain't gonna talk no more. And she was like, okay. Oh! <laughs> Trying to do the reverse. It got fired. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Baby, no. Baby, no. Baby, please. So, I got off the phone like a G, but of course, y'all know how I really felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Said okay, right. like no, what's wrong? Right. No, what do you mean? Okay, and that type of <laughs> like yeah. I've never talked to her again, and that was two thousand and twelve. I've never talked to her again from that last okay. And so what I'm saying is, if I'm sitting, I'm chilling here in my man cave. Do and she may cross my mind, which is often like once every other year. Do I hate her for a moment? Yeah, <laughs> but but the truth of the matter is, it's super fleeting. Yeah, because to be honest with you, I have worked through it. I don't think it's her that I really hate. 
I hate I hate the way she um treated me when I didn't feel as if I deserved it. And so you have to build your emotional intelligence to really pinpoint what is it that you hate specifically. She's not an evil person. She's not vile, but that was kind of mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and as men, we don't want to be like, man, I don't care. You know, for a long time, like, it don't bother me. I'm good. Nah, she was mean and it she hurt was my mean feelings. Here, and it hurt. And it hurt. And, and it you hurt. know what? <laughs> I, I ain't never said it before. Girls be mean. Girls be mean, bro. <laughs> they be like, mean, bro. bro. And don't care. Don't it's care about sa- being mean. Savage. <laughs> savage. Like, Girls savage. be mean. And that, yeah, you bro. know what? That makes you think. Are men actually more sensitive yes. than women? We Absolutely. just say so. Okay, because I thought, I thought, look, 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 hey, look, I thought I was the only one thought that. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, so, you know, we, we're all in organizations. We go to church. We're men in the church. Okay, all right, cool. We have talked, and we've kind of talked around it. We've tap danced around it just a little bit. Society does not like whether you black, white, whatever. As a man, society does not say it's okay to cry it's okay to feel it it's okay you know what i mean like we've talked about that i remember one time yo okay so i'm I'm gonna be honest with you i got two older sisters i'm the proudest baby brother you've ever met all right you would (laughs) think that you would think that i'm the oldest all right when when they've accomplished something like i've gotten to a place in my life where it's like i cried at my sister's graduation when my sister graduated Mm -hmm. from grad school like i was so happy i literally cried all right Mm -hmm. So fast forward, like a, maybe three years later, my oldest sister, who decided to you know stay at home, raise her son while her husband was at work, and she was going to school full-time, doing this, doing that, and the third, and I saw the struggle, and it was real. She graduates from college. I'm happy. Like, I'm, I'm ecstatic, all right? And we're having a conversation at our house. I want to say it was like the night before the graduation, maybe two nights before the graduation. My dad was in town, and my dad said, he looked at me, he's like, you're not going to cry, are you? Mm. And I, my, yeah. my, my exact words were, and if I do, I'm proud. That's right. Like, my sister is graduating. Your daughter yeah. is graduating. I'm proud, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to, I've gotten to a place in my life, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with breakups and with heartaches and with spending a lot of time in a dark room crying by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to a place where it's like, yo, I'm not going to let you make me feel ashamed of who I am on the inside. You know what I mean? That's good. That's good. And, and it's a generational. Yeah. And it's generational. And I had to recognize yeah. that with, my, with him. I had to recognize that. That is yeah, generational. It's generational. I hear that. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's a question that still was not answered, though. Go for it. <laughs> forgiveness. Forgiveness. How do you deal with forgiveness? How, how do you learn how to forgive the other person? Well, um, I'll piggyback. And, and you're correct. I'll piggyback <laughs> on, the, on that last thought. Um, you have to literally, and this is true, it has to be unconditional. It's nothing. It's no way to no way to do it in a fancy way. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about from a therapeutic standpoint. It is if I I have to forgive you in order for me to find closure, mm-hmm. because people do unforgivable stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, sometimes their actions are truly related to you feeling free. So at that moment, you don't have a choice. You literally have to make up in your mind, okay, I'm going to forgive them. Now remember, forgiveness is very different than forgetting. When I'm thinking about her, 
because I haven't forgot it <laughs> and I never will, but I do forgive her for whatever way I felt she offended me. And I mean it sincerely in my heart. And the reason why I had to do that is because I knew I wanted to keep on moving on throughout my love life with as less hatred and baggage as possible. So my answer for that truly is don't overthink it. Unconditionally say, you know what? Even if I don't want to, and it's going against my entire being, I forgive you because I need to for me. That's how I go. Mm. That's deep. That's real. Mm. That's real. Man, I forgive you because I need to for me. Mm. No true words have been spoken. Like, God, mm. Lee. Because I, I tried to do that. Actually, what I tried to do... <laughs> Cause I had to see my ex the very next year, like at a place where I couldn't get away from her. So I was like, yo, I'm about to go to the gym. I'm about to start working out. It's about to be on. She's gonna look at me, but oh my God, I shouldn't have left you. <laughs> I gained so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> One tubby tubby. <laughs> like I thought I was looking good until I pulled up where we were and I get out the car and I walk past like a reflection. I was like, yo, is that me? Like what is happening? And I was like, well, maybe she won't show up. She showed up. Of course sure. she did. Of course she did. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I ain't going to speak to her. I saw her walk in. I ain't going to speak to her. She made her way through the crowd. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You looking good. Don't lie to me. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I look like Shrek. Don't lie to me. <laughs> nah, man. You probably, you probably looking good to her, bro. Because you know, I, one thing I, I do know is. Um, as much as we think about our exes or women that we've dated or someone that we just broke up with, they think about us too. And I had one ex, I had one ex who actually was actually admitted to me how much she thought about me, even though she was the, the aggressor out of the relationship. She was the mean girl out of the relationship. <laughs> he later came back and told me like, Hey, y'all actually was thinking about you often. I don't think that's always the case, but it did actually feel good to me to know that, like, all right, my feelings are valid. Like, you know what I mean? My feelings that this was a lot or this this heartbreak was um, not easy to get over were validated by even though all that crazy stuff she told me and the reason why we had to break up, she still was thinking about me too. Because a lot of times it feels like when you when when the heartbreak is going on, that you're the one that took the L. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily the case. And there mm-hmm. may be some some negative self talk that we're doing. That that like uh, you said, we gotta we gotta check. We gotta yeah, check that. Now, Clay, do you think that with what Nigel just said, do you think that like it feels feels to me like Nigel, you felt some type of um, like almost vindicated? You know what I mean? Like when she said that. Do you feel like that is a healthy way to gain some of your personal power back? No, For not sure. at all. I, no, I don't I think, think so. Is. I don't well, think so. Let me the reason why I don't think that was a healthy way is because of what led what it led because to. Because of what it led to. <laughs> because of what it led to. We should not be here again, young lady. And, no. it, and, and it started okay. from you telling me. <laughs> Oh, I did miss you. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. No, 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 let's, no, let's no, no, ice cream okay. right now. no, 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 no. In that t- manner, no, no, right? <laughs> you, no. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I, um, 
I had to, um, I'm going to tell you a specific example. I found three young ladies who I was really, really, really in a serious situation with. And I was sitting, I was like. Wait, all I three at the same time? Cleve, you a bad no, 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 man. No, no. You no, a no, bad no, no, man. No, no, no. Okay, okay. That's another episode. <laughs> no, I ain't that bad. The therapist becomes the client. No, go ahead. <laughs> but I sent all three of them like personal letters, you know what I'm saying? Like I, letters. Like they were emails, but they were like truly written yes. from the heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And um all of them responded to me extremely um kindly. And um, their affirmation to be like, you know, into how it ended, it was, but, you know, we're good, um, was very liberating for me. I literally, after reading all the replies over the course of two weeks, because, you know, you know, they took a little time to respond to me, probably because they were thinking, do I want to respond? Right. But mm-hmm. all of them did respond. And I can honestly say that I felt liberated mm. when that happened. Eight hundred percent. Now I got a. I have an example for you. Speaking of letters, because I did the exact same thing with another ex. I hand wrote. Now, mind you, I don't know if Nigel remembers how my handwriting looks. It's trash. It's trash. It, it it's is hard. trash. Like I, I may, I may or may not have missed my calling as a doctor. Like it's oh, that bad. Oh man. Okay. But I hand wrote this letter. Like I, it took me like three drafts to sit here and write and make sure each letter looked just right. Okay. Yeah. I put it in the mail. I send it to her. Now I sent it from work. All right. Send it to her from work. I'm in the mail room one day, sorting the mail, and I see something that looks familiar. I'm like, dang, what the heck is going on here? She had written up there, returned to sender, and put my name on it. Didn't open the letter at all. Mm. But let me tell you this. I feel like, and I, you know, I, I believe in fate. I believe in God. I believe everything happens for a reason you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That gave me the encouragement to be like, bump it. What do I have to lose? I'm about to go out here and live my life, which ultimately led to me meeting my wife. Krista. Because I saw her, and I was like, yo, I've been seeing her for years. Like, I know her, but I don't really know her, but I want to get to know her. And I said to myself, what do I have to lose? Now, had I gotten a response back to that letter? And we go back and forth as pen pals. Bro, I wouldn't be where I am right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even though she didn't reply to me, it still gave me like a little, a little boost. You know what I'm saying? Because you did it for you. You reached exactly. out for you. And that goes to our point. You got to get free for you. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. Once again, if none of them would have responded to me, mm-hmm. I would have been okay. Because when I sent them those, those long emails, I was letting them know what I was going through and how I felt. You. Yeah. Whether they responded or not, my heart was clear and mm-hmm. my heart was clean. Right. And so it's no difference when that letter, like your heart, it was clear. Your heart was cl- clean. If you wrote, if a brother wrote a handwritten letter <laughs> in the 2000s, your heart was definitely clear and clean. Oh yeah. And so that's why you felt liberated. And that goes back to a point. Once again, you got to seek forgiveness for, for you. Mm-hmm. Ain't by them. Right. Man, I think, I think you two are great examples of emotional intelligence because most of the guys that I know, you know, or a lot of the stories that I have heard, 
reaching back out to an ex or reaching back out to someone you used to deal with either ends badly or ends the way in which it ended for me. You're back in a situation where you don't need to be. Yep. There is a certain level of strength to be able to still talk with someone who meant that much or went through that much stuff, stuff with you and to just do it for you without any longing for that person, without a, a wish to reconnect, but only to make sure that you're good. When people say, oh, we need closure, it's usually coming from a female. I don't really know yeah. too many guys who know what closure, what the fuck, what does closure actually mean? <laughs> what does that actually That's mean? Right. That's right. How, how, how am I supposed to know when I'm closed off from a relationship or when I'm over the heartbreak or when I've reached a point where this section of healing from the heartbreak is no longer tied up in another person. Now, now I'm finished with that person. The rest of the heartbreak healing is all dealing with just me. Mm-hmm. How do you get from dealing with that person to now I'm only dealing with me? Because closure to me is like a unicorn. I ain't never seen one. I don't know what it actually is. You know what I mean? Like people say, oh yeah, we need to talk. Like I've had conversations with exes that made me feel good afterwards. Okay, now I have a better understanding of why she thought this or why she thought that. But then for some reason, they'll reach back out again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's not closed if you still want to talk to me. Like, stop That's talking true. to me. That's true. Well, what you, what you still want to talk for? Like, how do you get to a part of actual closure from a person and now I can move on what I need to do, even though I'm still healing from heartbreak? It can be subjective, though. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you, you, you made a good example. You are reconnected for a moment to have a conversation of clarity for a moment. When the conversation was over, you feel good. Now, a lot of times, for the most part, when we had those conversations, that's the time we're supposed to say peace. Yeah. <laughs> that is the closure. That's right. the moment. Now, as human beings, you have the liberty, after a door is closed, to walk back in where you shouldn't be at. Right. And that's what we do sometimes. <laughs> I'm just making that illustration to say that is a form of closure. But also a form of closure is sending that letter and getting a return to sender, knowing that she did see it, and I got things off of my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, closure is me being able to communicate back and forth with those individuals. I was able to move on from them from that moment. So closure is literally a person asking themselves, what needs to happen for my heart to heal? Mm-hmm. That answer has a that, that 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 question has a million different answers. Absolutely. And so that's the definition. It's simple. What do I need to do for my yeah. heart to heal from this situation so that I can move on to be a healthier person for the next chapter of my life? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nigel, just to to not answer your question, but you know, you said about how we what do you call us emotionally connected? Or uh, what what was the word you used about me and Clee? Oh, you uh, intelligent, emotionally intelligent. intelligent. Now, for me, I can't speak for Clee, obviously, because this is our first time meeting. But <laughs> for me, I know that what one thing that has helped me tremendously is looking at where I was emotionally and looking at where I am now. Yeah, you know, That's a lot good. of it. A lot of it has to do with with faith base. It's like, okay, I could have easily 
you know, God closed that door. I could have easily been like, all right, God, you close this door to this house. Well, guess what? I'm gonna break the window so I can get back in. Period. We do it every day. Every yeah. day. But I, I had to make a, a conscious decision to say, all right, that door closed for a reason. All right, this, that, and the third happened in my past and look where it led. All right, so that means something better is on the other side. Yeah. So it's like when I take the time to reflect and think about the stuff that I went through, all of the emotional stuff that I, you know, that I put on the table, that I brought to the table and I, I exposed my, you know, heart and everything and then it got rejected. All right, well, what led to that? Okay, what could I have done differently? All right, now how do I move on? And where am I now? And then stop and think about like, okay, well, I'm in this situation with so-and-so. Now, how would, you know, this other one react to that? Nah, they probably wouldn't have liked that. Mm, I'm so much happier now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, those things right there helped me. And then also time with self helped me. That's good. To gain that. You know what I mean? Like get just being by myself and being okay with being by myself. Bro, I went to the movies by myself. All the time. Yeah, I went to restaurants by myself, sat at a bar by myself because I needed to get to know me because I was spending so much time investing in them, getting to know their likes and dislikes. That's it. That when people be like, hey, Justin, what do you like to do? I'd be like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, that, and that's another thing. I don't think a lot of people take time between breakups or mm -hmm. between heartbreaks. Or you don't want to. People, a lot of people to, don't want to. Right. To get to know themselves and spend time with themselves. Right. I had to do it because I felt like a completely different person than who I remembered myself as when I left a certain relationship. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, of, like you said, I was doing so much to make sure she was, I'll make sure like we were doing the things that she liked because, you mm -hmm. know, our, our personalities match on some things, but some things were very different. And I was trying to do all I could to make sure you know what I mean? That she felt fulfilled and seen, mm -hmm. even though it wasn't reciprocated all the time, or or maybe I didn't see it was reciprocated, you know, because reality is like two sides of a Coke can, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> in those moments, when you feel like, when I felt like I was different from who I was, going on into a new relationship, you would be twice as lost because you're still right. <laughs> the person you was with the last relationship. If you didn't take that space or time in you're fumbling. Where you are, you know, I mean, you are on a, a grease floor, a grease marble floor with roller skates. Like yep. been there, bro. Been there. <laughs> and then that can mess around and lead to lead to some arguments because you mess around and bring up, hey babe, you remember that time we went to the mountains and you like, nah. oh shoot. <laughs> First of all, I ain't been no mountains. I go to the beach. Thank you. Right. Well, oh shoot, that wasn't you. Uh, <laughs> you remember we had a good time when we saw that. You saw that movie with me. You remember? Okay. You I've actually done that with. before, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You be moving too fast. Right. Oh, right. Too no. fast. But you know that's that's part of life, and that's you know that's a huge part of you know why we're here right now, man. We gotta we people don't make time to take time. You know what I mean? Take time for self. And then mm -hmm. you take the time to make the time. You know, I mean, those words, they could be interchangeable, but people just, we don't do it. You know, yeah, it's really I unfortunate. With, with this, uh, like you said, the instant gratification time, we, and we yeah. really take time to slow down. Yeah, man. To slow yeah. down. And, and that's very hard to slow down. It, I in think this day and age, of, it is. Part of that slowing down is also um, being like, 
Cleveland, Cleveland said to be able to sit in your feelings for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to be able to get to know yourself. And I feel like it's being able to express that as well. Like one of the, one of the biggest things that have helped me move on from past relationships and to not go back through open doors is the level of communication that I have now. Yeah. The freedom that I have to be able to say how I feel, how I felt about that, you know, and how does this make to be able to have that freedom of communication? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same as when I felt lost or when I was trying to suppress my feelings. I'm able to speak about it now, and that in itself is a power. That's mm-hmm. right. Actually, get your feelings up off your chest and to say what you mean is a, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, and especially being able to commun- communicate that to a to a lady. Yeah. Because I mean, gone are the days of, of Lenny Williams. You know what I mean? Telling, <laughs> telling why, why, and how much I love you. Because you know I, mean? I love. Please don't hit the high note. Please. I was about don't. to. I was My about to go God. there. Bro. I was about to go there. My I got water ready. I was about to go. Don't there. do it. <laughs> do not do it. We will lose listeners. Oh, oh. oh Lord. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that, gone are the days when men were really expressing how much they were in love or how much it hurt them that a woman walked away. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to take time to be able to sit in those feelings. And maybe if we get some music artists to do it, we'd have some better songs. Yo, and, and it's funny you the bring real, that up because I'm thinking about like the temptation, how I wish it would rain. Yeah. Like Man. songs like that. Crying. Right. He was, in, he was in pain. They, they, were, they were into it with their feelings. Cracks of my tears. Like, come mm-hmm. on now. So at what age, <laughs> at what turn did we get from that type of music to men expressing their, it was the loss of, of male groups. When men, when men stopped singing together. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. You when right, men stopped true. singing You're together, right. we That's lost what... all emotional intelligence. United we stand. <laughs> Divided we ain't nothing but jerks. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> players, you know Bro. what I mean? And knuckleheads, man. Right. You know, right. we get back in group sessions. Right, right. And we have to put R and B again. That's right, right. Oh uh, man, clean. Being honest with yourself, man. Back, please. There you go. Oh man, <laughs> you got any uh, anything else we want to talk about, or we want to wrap this one up? Nah, bro. This is uh actually this is a pretty uh this is a super heavy episode actually. Yeah. Um, because I mean the conversations can go like fifty different fifty different ways, but I, yeah. I think I think the things we've talked about today are a good foundation, um, especially for your listeners, man. Um, and for all of us to kind of begin to begin the process of remembering that we got to really support each other seriously and make sure that we are every single day trying to improve ourselves as men. So now nah, it's great. A great convo. Appreciate you yes, inviting sir. me. Hey, please. Hey, we appreciate you. you so much for coming to the show, man. Hey, let our listeners know where they can reach you at, bro. If they want to get in contact with you, support what you're doing. Probably on social media. Cool, def- definitely. Um, just look for me at, at Real Soul Ambassador. And you go to at Real Soul Ambassador um, on Facebook or on Instagram. That's a, uh, the easy way to get in contact with me. And my website is incrhouse.com dot com that is incrhouse.com so please check me out yes man y'all definitely check my man's out bro hey listen i look forward to getting you back on another episode bro. i'll be ready a uh, black men don't do therapy man we appreciate you bro like more, you, bro definitely and uh 
you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we appreciate y'all too. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Black Men Don't Do Therapy. We appreciate it. Love and respect, y'all. God bless. You.